Hello, I'm Doug, and this is The Agile Tao with Peter Merrill, a show where we talk about the roots of agility. So each, each time we go through a wonderful book that Peter has written, which is called The Agile Tao, take one specific chapter and we try to see what Lao Tzu had to say 2,500 years ago, more or less, right? about agility, about how a business should behave, about how a business can behave to survive and thrive, how can people behave and what mindset should they have to survive and thrive. And today we're talking about a chapter that I really like. Would you like to say a few words? First of all, would you like to say hello, people? Uh, I guess so. Um, I I always worry, you know, uh, it it sounds like we're having our cake and eating it. Was this written by Lao Tzu? Was this written by me? I kind of think that Lao Tzu is a process of editing and re-editing and refactoring and rewriting and reinterpreting stretched out over thousands of years. So um, I'm one little branch on a big bush called Lao Tzu. Um, this is the best way I've got of putting it. Which itself is one of a, a branch of an older uh, philosophical uh, thought, but we won't get into that. Not uh, today, anyway. Maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it is. <laughs> okay. So today we are talking about a poem that, uh, uh, frankly, every time that I read it to someone, the first instinct after the first two lines is to laugh. Mm-hmm. It generates a lot of laughter, and then it becomes serious. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. would you like to to perhaps to, uh, today we'll start with the poem? Okay, all right. So, you'd like me to give it a read? If you want, unless you have something to say before we start the reading. Um, no, I think that you 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 framed it okay. I think we'll have a lot to say once we've got a, a first pass. So, chapter twenty-one, the end of agility. People love to talk about agility. Often that's all there is to it. But there are three values the Agile express and represent. Compassion, openness, discipline. Compassion generates courage, openness, learning, and discipline, flexibility. Courage without a warm heart. Learning without an open mind, or flexibility without a coiled spine, spell the end of agility. I'll just let it sink in. First of all, part of which of the three parts of the book is it? Ah, well, so um, this is in part two. So this is about, we're still talking about agility. That's really what part two is all about. This is one of those poems where in most translations you see a very similar form to this poem, but the words don't mean very much. Usually it's, it's very sort of, this is nice, this is nice, and this is nice. And oh, and by the way, uh, if you do these nice things, then nice things will happen. And if you don't, then it's not going to be very nice. And that's just about all you have to the translation usually. So I had to squeeze the lemon very hard to get some juice out of it on this one. 
But I, I think that what we've got is is critically important from an agile perspective. The, the common wisdom is that after you have done your transformation, after you understand the mindset and the values and the principles, that you have reached some state of, of enlightenment and everything is good. The end of agility, the, the idea that if we compromise on these things, we no longer have this wonderful enlightened state this is actually an ever-present risk. It's very easy to compromise. And the, the previous two chapters in part two, all that, all that stuff about the tide dragging you under and uh, ignoring what moves underfoot and disappearing and so on, that that goes to this. So this is kind of the kappa that, um, that makes it clear that what we're talking about is, is practical, is everyday. It's not something that we're, where it's all metaphorical. Yeah. And, and this is something that struck me, I guess, in this poem, when you say the end of agility, you mean we are already there. So someone can say, a company can say, yes, we're agile, great. And it talks about what can harm this process. If you feel you're there, be vigilant not to break it by leaving some of the essential parts out. It's a little bit like... Um, so Ram Dass died uh, last week. And uh, there's it, a lovely Ram Dass quote that uh, uh, if you think you're free, there's no escape. Uh, so if you think you're agile, well, then that's sort of the, the end of your development. Uh, and here, this idea that this is about compassion, that doesn't end... Uh, it's not that like you can say, oh, well, you know, I've, I've cared about people enough now. Um, uh, uh, openness, that doesn't end either. And discipline. And the idea of discipline, we have a disciplined agile. And that's a, a very nice context for a team-level framework, whether you like the rest of the framework or not. The idea of discipline was fundamental to extreme programming back in the day as well. Without that... Uh, then you, you kind of have cowboy coding. You don't have extreme programming. So that particularly that this metaphor about um, a coiled spine, flexibility without a coiled spine, without the elasticity to find your way to get the outcome, uh, if you're just a pushover, well, then you don't have agility. That learning without an open mind, if, if you're only learning things that will fit into your preconceived ideas, then you're going to wind up with all of the problems from the previous two chapters about uh, ignoring what moves underfoot. Uh, and then courage without a warm heart. Well, this is foolhardiness. This is, this is cruelty. It's very easy to be courageous and bluster through and cause yourself and everybody else a great deal of unnecessary pain. So the idea here that agility is obviously as a physical metaphor. But what goes with the physical metaphor has to do with the way that you express stuff personally and in your team and in your business and where you see these things lacking. We have to work on this and we have to work on it proactively. That's where we get agility from. It's it's the, the stuff that's outside of the frame, not the stuff you know how to do.
Yeah, if you know it, you probably don't do it. Oh, now you're looking ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there, there are a number of passages in Natsu that are uh, kind of saying uh, those who understand it don't speak about it or don't preach it. And when you look closer at those things, you discover that actually there's a reason for that. And the, the reason is that the words themselves can trip you up and the understanding itself can trip you up without that willingness to disbelieve in yourself, to, to be skeptical about whether you've got it or not. That, you know, the, the idea of the beginner's mind, that's at the core of it. Yesterday I was in a call and the first question of the call is what blocks you from being present today? And my answer was uh, the belief that I'm present. <laughs> You're back on Ramdas. Be here now. <laughs> which, which is true. I, like, I didn't try to, to make a joke, but really I think once you believe that you're agile and all is fine, probably that's where you should step back and check. And, and this point provides a very nice checklist for you to see if you're on track or not. Can we go through the poem line by line as we, as sure. we like to do? Okay. So um, people love to talk about agility. Uh, yes, they do. People love to talk about agility. Uh, often this is translated as... Um, things to do with not being able to really understand the sage. You can only observe his behavior. Sheng Ren, we already talked about this, is, uh, is better translated as agility or as the agile. So people love to talk about agility. Often that's all there is to it. We have endless conferences and webinars, and this is one of them, uh, podcasts, uh, uh, and, and certificates and people doing all kinds of things with his word agility all over them, beginning with uh, the manifesto. Man, we'd love to talk about it. Doing it is rather different. So there are three values the Agile express and represent. Well, if you don't have these values, if they're not at your core, then it doesn't matter how much you talk about it. Um, or, or how many certificates you've got, or how often you speak at conferences. None of that is relevant at all. Compassion, openness, and discipline. These are the fundamentals of Agile mindset. Compassion generates courage. If you don't have a feeling for the people you're working with, not just the team you're working with, or not just the business stream you're working with, and not just the customer's uh, we, we love to talk about, oh, you know, we, 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 we care about customer value as opposed to shareholder value. If we don't look at this as, as something where we care about the outcomes globally, well, then we won't have the courage to stand up when it turns out that the outcome, well, it might be very good for this company, is going to end our life on this planet. And we can all think about uh, obvious examples of that in Australia where I'm sitting at the moment with the whole country's on fire. And at the same time, the government is pushing more coal mines. Anyway, that's, that's rather a tangent. Anyway, compassion generates courage. Uh, this morning, we had a lovely incident where the prime minister of this, of this country went to one of these towns where people have lost their homes 
and made himself available to talk to these people. And he walked up to this uh, young lady who uh, was 28 weeks pregnant and uh, he tried to shake her hand and she didn't offer her hand. He grabbed her hand to shake it. He didn't care. It was very clear when he does that, he doesn't care what's going on with her. He's not thinking, well, why is she not shaking my hand? She wanted to have a conversation with him and she's now been all over the papers talking about how she just wanted to explain to him that they need help. And she wasn't going to shake his hand unless he had a talk to give it. Instead, he grabbed her hand. So an obvious lack of compassion. There's no warm heart there. Um, sorry, I don't mean to turn this into something that's all about Australian politics. I'll pick different examples for other things. Um, uh, so compassion generates courage, openness, learning. Learning not in the sense of, oh, we got another certificate. Oh, uh, not in the sense of we have standardized our process. We've learned how to do it properly. Uh, not in the sense of shuhari. Learning in the sense of breaking our understanding, discovering where we are wrong, where we are missing something. That's learning. We have some stuff later on where if you don't laugh, you don't learn. Learning has to come as a surprise, as a shock. As, as, a, a, as a realization, an epiphany. If you don't laugh, you don't learn. So without openness, and we see so many people who call themselves trainers and coaches and masters and owners who are not in the business of learning. Without that, uh, without that openness, we, we, we won't have uh, the kind of learning that's going to generate the outcomes we need. We'll wind up stuck with our present understanding. And discipline generates flexibility. So we like to think that there is a, an ideal way to do Agile. Uh, the discipline is not about that. It's not about sticking to the way that we have heard about it. The, the discipline is a, a discipline to do with generating the outcome no matter what comes. Sometimes that means relaxing. Sometimes it means tolerating. Uh, sometimes it means accepting that things are not the way that you expect, but we're going to find a way to make it work anyway. So that kind of discipline that generates the flexibility that we expect people with an agile mindset, people who are in agile teams, we expect them to be flexible. But without that discipline, what we have is mush. We, we don't have, we have people who are pushovers. I'm terribly agile. I'm so agile that um, I'll adapt to any kind of command and control situation. You can order me to do anything you like and I'll do it. That's how agile I am. Well, you're not agile at all. You lack the coiled spine that's needed to be able to say, okay, I have to deal with the following situation in such a way that I'm going to generate a harmonious and excellent outcome. And without that determination, your flexibility is compromised. So, courage without a warm heart, learning without an open mind, or flexibility without a coiled spine, spell the end of agility. And all of the words will still be there. All of the, the practices will still be there. All of the stories will still be there. Uh, we'll still have owners prioritizing things. But if those things, if those stories 
don't actually target the business bottleneck, the market bottleneck, then they're not going to improve business throughput. And so that's a clear failure. And you might think, well, yeah, but if we do all of this prioritizing and uh, chopping these into small pieces, we're, we're definitely going to be able to, to um, get twice the work in half the time. <laughs> well, people don't fit here in the in the podcast your facial expression. Okay. <laughs> they can guess. <laughs> oh, well, look, um, if if you have twice the work in half the time without generating technical debt and uh, actually generating business throughput, well, then I, I dare say that you have a compassion, openness, and discipline. You actually you're, you're grasping it. But um, but if you are uh, doing things that aren't actually generating the outcome, if uh, if if you don't have that kind of discipline, if you are um, not paying attention to what constraint is the bottleneck now, um, so your priorities are wrong. Uh, if you are um, if you if you don't care about all the people who are involved. And in fact, if you don't express that care by rewarding them for improvements in business throughput, I'm talking about the open book management kind of an idea, um, and throughput accounting to, to go with it. If you don't make that into something that's baked into the way your organization works, then all of the Scrum, Kanban, XP practices in the world aren't going to save you, that's the end of agility. Most of the time, it, the phrase not agile, it goes much easier with the word they or you than the word us or, or me. Mm. <laughs> like uh, it, me and you, we have the impression that we are quite agile. And the others ah, are. I'm just as capable of failing <laughs> as anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah, I don't yeah. think that, then then there's no beginner's mind there. Yeah, uh, but yeah. sorry, do go on, Dov. And, and and that's that's what I wanted to talk about. Like for me, I find it like when I find myself wrong or rigid or not listening, it's really hard for me to accept something like this. And mm -hmm. I think. Me and you, we have a, a lot of practice in this field. Like we, we have years of, mm. of, of exposure to this uh, agile thing, thingy, mm -hmm. as a friend of mine likes to say. Um, <laughs> and like I think of people who listen to this podcast and perhaps are less accustomed to this. And I want to address this in instinct to say, haha, this one, in fact, I... It talks exactly about my manager. It talks exactly mm -hmm. about my teammates and less about where does it talk about me? Where am I not uh, flexible? Where do I lack the empathy? And this is um, something that's uh, interesting to think about. So if we drive this back to where we began in part one, uh, we're, we're really looking at mind 
as a continuous surface and the individuals as waves on it. Uh, and that's really the, the fundamental metaphor that goes with all of this. Then it's very easy to think of somebody else as having a, some kind of a problem and that you're, you're innocent of it. And of course, it always takes two to tango. That's not to say that you are more right or more wrong than they are, but there's a problem. And that problem often expresses itself because of interactions between individuals rather than the individuals themselves and the game theoretics of those interactions without um, looking at this as something where agility is an aspect of teams and of business streams and of organizations. If we uh, imagine that agile mindset only means the individual, then we miss the wood for the trees. Likewise, we can miss the trees for the wood. So I think that on both ends, the idea that agility is something that is for someone else uh, or that agility is something that, oh, you know, only these very clever, uh, high-performing teams can get right. Uh, all of this is missing the wood for the trees. We have to think more about the rules of the game generate the behaviors of the players. So when we see something is wrong, Let's say that we have a gentleman or a gentle lady in the corner office who behaves like a sociopath. Why do they behave like a sociopath? Well, because they know how the game is played in this particular organization. They understand the way the reward models work. They understand how change works or doesn't work in this organization. They know quite a lot about the effects of the rules of the game. If we focus on the behavior of the players rather than the rules of the game. If, as coaches, we operate on, on the behavior rather than on the rules that generate it, well, then we, we wind up uh, uh, working piecemeal. We wind up treating symptoms. If instead we try to track this back to what are the root causes, then we can begin to understand that, uh, oh, we actually, we're not focusing on what we need to focus on to change the behavior because people are going to try and win the game no matter what the rules are. If we don't like the way they're behaving, then we need to understand how the rules are affecting their behavior and operate on the rules. Does it make sense? Yeah, totally. I'll go get back to it in my favorite question that I'll ask you at the end of this podcast. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm never ready for it either. <laughs> but in like this is one of the rare, perhaps not that rare, uh, poems where there is you know the, the people like people love lists. People love like uh, the the, the mm -hmm. five secrets of or the three best ways to. And here we have a very mm -hmm. clear checklist to check if you are on the right path. And this is really nice. Like we, we, we can write, a, you know, a, a Pinterest or something, the, a, a, small, a small catchy article with, with nice graphics about it, which is compassion, openness and discipline. Like these are the three bullet points that you can check to see if you're, in fact, if you want agile health check. Uh, yeah, but you know, if you're doing that, then you probably you probably lack compassion and openness and discipline. <laughs> uh, 
Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> um, see how easy it is for us to slip. Yeah, it's a, but it's a nice game. All right. So before we finish, like the, the two things I'd like, I'd love to do is first, can you read the poem? Sure. For for the new year, you can do it in your own voice. Oh, I don't know what my voice is at this point, mate. I, I, you know, when I talk to Australians, I, I sound Australian. When I talk to Americans, I go all twangy. And when I talk to Europeans, I have no idea where I am. So I'll just read it in whatever voice seems to occur. I think it'll be the same as usual. Chapter 21, The End of Agility. People love to talk about agility. Often that's all there is to it. But there are three values the Agile express and represent. Compassion, openness, and discipline. Compassion generates courage, openness, learning, and discipline, flexibility. Courage without a warm heart learning without an open mind, or flexibility without a coiled spine, spell the end of agility. Lovely. The last question that I ask every day is uh, someone who just heard this and they're on their way to work. What do they take to the workplace? How will they, their behavior be different today? Their uh, interaction with others, their mindset, the things that they will say or won't say or try or won't try. I guess the shallowest answer would be they would use this as a checklist. They'd look at their agile coach or the scrum master and go, hmm, not seeing an awful lot of compassion there, mate. Um, or one of the others. But I think that that would be foolish. Um, I, I think better to go, all right, what's going on in the way that this team or this business stream or, or this organization works that's generating some failure in these sorts of virtues? If I understand the root cause of it, or if I have the discipline to inquire, if I have the courage to, to take a step outside of my usual boundaries. Uh, if I have the open mind to really listen to people who have a very different perspective to mine, perhaps I can do some good. We often talk, or we used to talk once upon a time in Agile, about collective ownership. Uh, uh, the idea that um, uh, all of the code base, if we're programmers, all of the business outcomes, if we are on the business side, all of the design artifacts, if we are designed, that, that, that we own all of these things. If you think about it uh, like the Starship Enterprise, Scotty is the head engineer for the whole ship. He effectively owns the ship. Spock uh, cares about all the science to do with the whole ship. He effectively owns the ship. Uh, uh, obviously, Kirk cares about the fate of the whole ship. These guys take ownership for the whole thing. So looking at it that way, then 
Why don't I care about what the other people around me are experiencing? Uh, why don't I focus beyond my role? Uh, and if, I, if the reason is I'm not rewarded to, well, then why don't I have the discipline to go and change the way I am rewarded to get these things to happen? Mm-hmm. I'd like to add something to it. When someone asks, why don't I care? Why don't I have the discipline? Or even when someone asks, do I have compassion, openness, discipline? Um, it's a binary state, which I think is, is, not, is not the optimal way to see things. Mm. You can ask, mm. do I care enough? Do I have enough compassion? The, what? How much compassion do I have? Because you always have compassion. You you may have very little, and you you may have a lot, yeah. but you never have one hundred percent, and you never have zero percent. And this mindset, where you where you look at the state of anything, how agile am I? How compassionate am I? How mean am I? In a binary state, may mm. get you stuck in that state because the the power to go from something which is perceived as no to something that's perceived as yes is huge. The, the effort that has mm. to be done is huge. But the, the yes. power to go by 0.001% in either direction is minimal. And if you every time go just a small, a tiny bit to, to the direction that you want, after one million days, you will look back and you will see that, that you are totally flipped. Um, I think that on this one, I don't want to have the last word, but there's a movie that I think uh, draws a nice line under it. I'm not going to spoil the movie. I'm assuming, Dolph, that you've seen the movie Gandhi. No, I didn't. Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, in that case, you have some homework. Um, So Gandhi is in many ways um, not true. It it mythologizes the man. It makes him into a, a saintly figure. Uh, which is not to say he didn't have his saintly aspects. He had very saintly aspects. He also had foolhardy aspects. And I'm not going to go into depth on Gandhi. It's not uh, it'll be cultural misappropriation for me to do so. But there's a scene in the movie, and when you see it, you will know which one I mean, that really draws a hard line under this and actually leads the viewer to question, what on earth would I do in that situation? And how on earth could a man have said and done what Gandhi did in that situation. And I'll leave it at that. But you'll know the scene I mean when you see it. All right, Ula, I I didn't expect to get homework while we record this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So so now I guess I have to go to do my homework. Thanks a lot for this really charming talk. And I'd love to end by, first of all, thanking the musicians that we probably... Start to listen now as as my voice fades, and two to invite our listeners to to react, to share, to like, to not like, to to argue, to to send us a life sign because uh, like uh, we we talk between us and it's all fun, but at least me I would love to hear how people that uh, got exposed to this podcast hear it. Is it interesting? Is it relevant to their life and journey? And I'll leave you with that. Take care, Peter. 
Take care of. Bye bye. <sighs> that was fun. <laughs>